0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 41 of the Ask the Coach Show, where we answer your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and with me, as always, is Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Hi, Jeff. How are you this morning? I'm good, thanks.
1: Enjoying a bit of music to get us ready for the show. Yes, indeed. Good choice of music, Jeffrey. I love it, and it's going to be a great
0: show. Um, First up, though, I want to get your response, Alois, to yesterday's question of the day, which was: Would Waldner survive in the modern game?
1: Of course, he would. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I think I think Waldner is one of the players that that certainly would survive because of his um, his touch and his ability to adapt and be able to change um, his game. Um, he was also Pretty fast like his reflexes were really fast, and today the game you know getting faster and faster, I think he would cope um, it was interesting I heard um, I heard a couple, some comments from him as well, and you know he he was talking about how much the game changes every ten years, so he's well aware that the game is moving ahead and the and the levels getting higher and higher so you know maybe his game ten years ago and the game now um, doesn't doesn 't stack up you know I think the, the the level right now is definitely better, but I think he would be able to adapt to the modern game and to be able to to play um, and compete with these guys today
0: yeah well, I think the Chinese used to label him evergreen because he would go through generations of Chinese players and still remain at the top of his game um, and always adapt over his career and um yeah, like, I think, yeah, the game has changed as fast as they're a lot closer. They've got that um, amazing backhand side in return flick now. The top blocks now are not just blocks. They're kind of counter spins. It's, it seems really fast these days. But I think you're right. I think Walden would have adapted and would have had the skills to adapt. Um, yeah, and we had a variety of um, answers along those lines. There's sort of two different ways you can answer it. His game back then um, won't stack up, but yeah, because he was such a good player, he could adapt. So we've got those sorts of different answers. But yeah, I'm going to go with yes, he would still be Aloys. <laughs> so that leads us on to the Ping Skillers question of today, and it's an interesting one you've chosen, Aloys, it's should table tennis players use a tennis grip? Okay, so have a think about that, leave your thoughts, and then Aloys and I will come back with our answers uh, tomorrow.
1: Yeah, so so what, by the tennis grip, we're talking about this, so could, could this work?
0: Yes, no thumb and no finger on the back, just your whole, just gripping the racket handle. All right, Alice, so Luke has asked us a question, and Luke said, is it better to block at the bounce of the ball or at the peak of the bounce? I find that when I block at the bounce, it gives less reaction time to my opponent's but when I block at the peak, I can control it better um, against the heavy topspins. So, what yep. is better, alloys at the bounce or at the peak of the bounce?
1: Yeah. So, so if you're looking for control, if you're looking to be able to get the ball on a bit easier, definitely blocking the ball at the peak. At the peak, the ball is coming up, and the ball's a bit higher, so it's higher over the net, and it can it can uh, get a direct line down onto the table. If you take the ball early off the table, it's still very low. So it's actually below the net level or you know, just below the net level. So then you need to lift the ball up a little bit and you have to be a lot more accurate. So, so certainly letting the ball bounce up to the peak is an easier ball for you. But it does also give your opponent more time as you as you indicated Luke so if you can sometimes hit the ball a bit earlier with the block and you might even just put a little bit of topspin on the block um, just to give it a bit more safety over the net then it does cut down the time of your opponent so uh, first up take it at the peak as you get more confident then you can start to experiment with the timing of the block as well
0: Mm, interesting there, Alois. Now, when you ex- start experimenting with the timing, how, is it easy to do? Like, I imagine in a rally, the ball's coming pretty fast and sometimes they'll play the ball deeper on the table and sometimes they might play it shorter. Are you meant to be constantly moving in and out to change that or do you have like a general strategy of staying close or staying a little bit further back? How, how do you adjust where you're taking the ball?
1: Yeah, I think this has got to start in training. So you, you, you don't just go out in a match situation and start experimenting with blocking uh, late and early. Um, so in the training situation, first up, um, practice blocking uh, at the peak of the bounce, then practice getting in closer and taking the ball earlier off the bounce. So you'd have a fairly consistent feed coming to you. So, so someone just top-spinning the ball fairly consistently, basically to the same spot. Um so that you can adjust and do that, um, then you can start to uh, open it up a little bit so where they are changing the positioning sometimes short, sometimes long, and then you can uh, experiment with the with the earlier and the later. So start in the training situation. And then, <laughs> once you feel confident, then you can start to think about using it in a game situation as well. Okay.
0: And so the way to use it in a game, is it to sort of reach out further if you want to take it
1: earlier or do you actually step in closer? Um. Ideally, you want to step in. Ideally, you want to keep your bat the same distance from you and just step in closer to the table so you can take the ball earlier. That way you're going to get better control. I mean, sometimes if you just um, move your arm out, you can... Uh, do the block as well, but again, ideally, you want to move in with the with the ball and hit the ball a bit earlier.
0: Okay, excellent, alright, great question Luke, um, hopefully that helps you out, let us know if it does. Alright, the next question Alois is from Nicholas, and Nicholas says, how do you know when you need to calm down? Should you call a timeout when you're ahead, when you're behind, or both? Um, should you call a timeout when you're about to lose a set,
1: or do you wait until the set is finished? Okay, yeah. So a couple of questions there. So firstly, how do you tell when you need to calm down? Um, it's it's important to start to get in tune with some of the feelings that you get when you are be, uh, becoming anxious, and over time you'll start to recognise those things. Um, some things that might happen, are, uh, and a common one is in your tummy, you start to get a little bit um, what they call butterflies in your stomach. Um, your heart rate will also probably go up, so you, you, the heart will start beating a bit faster. You might start getting a bit hotter um, and clammy,er and you, you you start to sweat a bit more uh, with your hands. You'll also might find that your feet stop, so you you stop moving as well, and you start, and you stop uh, being able to get to the ball so easily. Um, you also mightn't be picking up things. So so one. Um, one indicator for a lot of players is that they might actually just clean miss the ball when it's a when it's a, re, a relatively simple ball, or when they're serving, clean miss the ball, or start mucking up the timing of their serving. So, just try to try to get in tune with some of those um, indicators for yourself, and for each person, it will be a little bit different. Uh, start to get in touch with some of those indicators, and see if you can uh, start to recognize them as early as possible. Okay, so then um, what do we do? There's a couple of options, or there's lots of options of what you can do. There's some some skills that you can start to develop, you know, taking a breath, just taking a little bit of time out, um, as far as, you know, walking around the court. And then you talk about, okay, when do you take a time out? Certainly, if you start to feel that you are getting too anxious, um, and it's an important situation in the game, that's probably a great time to take a timeout because if you're not functioning properly, then um, then you need to, to stop, take your, take your minute, um, and try to calm yourself down. Um, as far as when players take timeouts, it varies a little bit. So it's interesting, the Chinese tend to take a timeout often when the game is very close, and it doesn't matter whether it's the first game or the last game. Um, if the game is close um you know it's ten nine um, and they start to to feel like that that is the really important point for them, then they will often take a timeout in that situation often if it goes past ten all um, and they they feel like they can close out the game you know they might even be eleven ten up and they feel like they need to close out the game here um, they'll take a timeout so so often the Chinese do that um the other common time i i often see with timeouts is when your opponent just needs to win the one more set so it might be you know two nil to your opponent um, or uh, two one to your opponent and your opponent's up by two or three points often I see players taking a timeout in that situation it's sort of almost the last desperate um, attempt to turn turn things around so uh, yes yeah, so, a yeah, couple of couple of ideas for, for when you can take a timeout
0: yeah, interesting options. So to sum up when people take the timeouts, it seems like either they wait until, you know, they might really need it in a desperate situation, but that means you're holding on to your timeout and you may never use it. And then the other one is whenever they figure an important point comes along, and there may be many in a match, but you only get one timeout, but it doesn't hurt to use it early, I guess, is their, their thinking.
1: Yeah so, yeah, so, I mean... Yeah, they, even, they even use it in the first set so you know they might feel like just getting that first set under the belt um, will make a big difference to the game and it does you know like if you're 1-0 down compared to 1-0 up it's a big difference in a match situation and certainly if you're 1-0 um, down or 1-0 up and it's the second game you know going 2-0 up or 2-0 down does make a huge difference as well you know if you can go 2-0 up um, it's hard for your opponent to come back from there so, so you know really that they are um, game changing or match changing situations so, so that's and that that's why I think we see the Chinese u- utilize that timeout in that situation quite often.
0: Yes, yes. All right well great question Nicholas and hopefully you got something out of those answers. All right Aditya has asked Alois, I have been playing table tennis for 18 months and have made it my life and my world. This is my last year in the under fifteen category, and I have twelve months remaining to practice. Please advise me how to practice and win.
1: Okay, Aditya. So the first thing and the most important thing I will say to you is that you haven't got twelve m- months to practice. You've got your whole life. All right. So this isn't a game that you get. You own like once you turn fifteen, that's it. Um, and I've seen so many players that are fantastic under 15 players that in a couple of years' time, they don't even, they're don't they not even playing, or in a couple of years' time, they're just not as good as they were when they were 15. So there's a lot that's going to happen between now and when you stop playing table tennis. Don't think about this is it. This is the one year that you have to perform, you have to get to where you need to get to. Uh-uh. Okay, so think about it more about Okay, this is another development year. You've only been playing for 18 months. Now, 18 months might seem a long time to you, but remember, to become a really strong player, you need to be playing the game for quite a few years. You know, We talk about the 10,000 hours. That's a lot of time. That's at least 10 years of, of, um, of playing. But utilize this year. Work hard during this year, but it's only one more year in your whole career. Okay? And at the end of the year, you will have only been playing for two and a half years, and really that's not very long time. You've got plenty of time to improve, and with the attitude that I seem to see you have, you know, with your dedication and with your passion for the game, you will, you will improve and you will get better. But give it time.
0: Yeah, great advice there, Alice. I remember um, a few years ago I interviewed Richard Lee, who was the New Zealand Open champion, and one of the crucial bits of advice I got from him was that players often give up before they've given themselves enough chance to become a good table tennis player. He's like, you know, they have a little bit of a bad period and then they give up, whereas it's not a linear progression. So success might be just around the corner. You've got to play long enough... To give yourself a chance of being a, a, the best player you can
1: be. Yeah, they, they were wise words from the great Ali.
0: <laughs> Indeed. All right, so um, hopefully, Aditya, that helps you out. Um, practice hard this year, but remember there's a long future and you know, just take each match as it comes along and each practice session as it comes along and always work towards, you know, a much longer goal and I'm sure you'll do well this year. Good luck. Keep us updated on your progress. Okay, the next question is from Akash who says, Our TT hall is small and the table is dead, so when we go to play matches in the bigger hall, we can't manage the strokes and the speed of the ball seems too fast. When we change from small uh, from a small hall to a big hall, how can we manage this speed and spin?
1: Yeah, um, so this is a really common thing because um, a lot of training halls are really small, and when you get to a big tournament, you tend to play in a huge hall. You know, basketball stadiums where they put in um, lots and lots of tables. So it's something that we need to start to get used to. Um, give yourself time. That's the that's the biggest thing. Give yourself time to adjust. Don't expect that you'll walk into that um, competition hall and hit the first ball perfectly. It does take a little bit of time to just get used to the surroundings, um, the bigger hall, the different bounce of the table, but if you watch carefully, if you just allow yourself that time, don't try and hit the ball too hard when you first get on the table. Just control the ball well. Um, get as many balls as you can on the table. Um, you'll find that you will start to adjust. And don't panic. Don't don't think. Don't go out there and play for thirty seconds and think, oh, this is all too different and, and the ball's bouncing differently and I can't play. Allow yourself time. So, which leads me on to another thing. You know, so when you're playing a tournament. Make sure you get there early. be the first one to the hall. be the first one there to um, to just start to adjust okay everyone will be in your situation so be there early, get there and try to have as much of a hit on the tables as you possibly can. sometimes you can't get much of a hit because it's a big tournament and there's lots of players, but get there as early as you can. give yourself the best chance to to adjust to the situation, and it's just a matter of allowing yourself a bit of time to do it.
0: Mm, excellent advice, yeah, and I think a lot of people have experienced this, it is common, um, it does seem different, but like you said, once you once you play for a little while, you do start to get used to it, so yeah, hopefully that helps you out A cash. Um, get there early, get some practice in, and just do your best, and don't panic. All right, great advice as always, alloys. thanks for answering all those questions, thank you Pingskillers for watching the show, make sure you check out our website, Pingskills.com, you can sign up hey for on, our free newsletter, oh hey yes, we've got a question, oh we've got a question, oh okay, <laughs> the question. here we go from Dad. That says, what do you think about the rubber, Tenogy 80 FX compared to tenergy 80 in terms of speed and
1: spin? Okay. So I haven't I haven't used the rubbers uh, to start off with. Um but the FX rubbers tend to be a little bit softer, tend to give you a little bit more control and spin rather than speed. So um it'll depend on your game. I mean the the Tenogy rubbers are a really high quality um and the 80 is really really fast. So if you're looking for a little bit a little bit uh, less speed and a little bit more spin Maybe the FX is better for you than the than the Tenergy eighty. So um, yeah, we're uh, we're certainly not big equipment experts, but yeah, that's and as I said, I haven't used the Tenergy eighty and FX, but that's that's the general principle behind the FX rubbers.
0: Yeah, good point, alloys, and I guess. Um the reason we're not that big on equipment is we probably think that, you know, the choice between the 80 and the 80 FX is going to have just a small impact on your game, whereas developing the proper technique is going to have a big impact on your game. So choose a good quality rubber. That's great. You need that. But then just focus on your technique. All right. Thank you, Dat, for the question. Oh, Alois, one other thing I wanted to talk about was there seems to be some ITTF Star Awards at the
1: moment. Oh yes, the um, yeah I, I voted last night. So yeah, there are the um, ITTF Star Awards that they've um, that they've got up online now. So you can go to ittfstarawards.com um, and you can vote um, on there for uh, for the the male player of the year, the female star of the year, and there's also a star point of the year. There's some some good. Um, Selections there. I'm just having a look through them. So there's Chang um, Chiu yuan playing Ju Se Huk, where you know Ju Se uh back and chopping and attacking. Uh, there's Feng tian Wei playing Se uh, uh, Hyun um, the Korean chopper. Again, uh, incredibly long rally where Feng tian Wei is just attacking, attacking, and and Seo's back, you know, defending and getting so many balls back. It'd be interesting to count the number of balls in that rally. There were a heap. Um, Ma Long and Fan Zhendong probably like the the best quality of table tennis uh, out of the um, out of all of them because um, it's just you know fast attacking as you'd expect from Ma Long and Fan Zhendong they're really going at it. Um, then there's Ding Ning playing Wu Yang again um, you know the attacker versus the chopper and then there's uh, Kadiri the Nigerian superstar who. Had a big hit during the uh, men's World Cup, uh, playing Zeng Kerr and there's one point there where um, it looks like Zeng Zikur just won the point, and Kadiri scrambles it back somehow and stays in the point. So, yeah, some really, really great table tennis points to vote on. Um, get to the ITTFStarAwards.com um, and put in your vote and uh, and see if your male athlete, female athlete, uh, or your star point. Um, 2014 gets up as the winner. There are also awards for um, the para-athletes of the year as well, but they don't seem to have the voting up there at this stage. But, uh, yeah, there are also the, the para-athlete awards that will be announced in Dubai.
0: Excellent summary there, Alice. Um Yeah, those points are amazing. Make sure you check them out, put your vote in. And yeah, as I was saying, get to Pingskills.com, sign up for our free newsletter, and if you're really keen, sign up for our premium membership um, to help you improve your game. Uh, That wraps up the show. Thanks, everyone, for watching, and we will see you again tomorrow. Thank you, Alloys.
1: Thanks, Jeff.